Hi, this is Esti, host of the Friday A Public Affair. I hope you help us by contributing to WORT and you can also subscribe to the podcast. Bye. Six foot six above sea level I grab my mic because I like to take you to another mental level Low power frequency radio modulation the big sound No change without struggle No one in power ain't giving up nothing No change without struggle No one in power W-O-R-T, 89.9 FM, listener-sponsored community radio, Madison, Wisconsin. And hello, welcome to A Public Affair. I am Esti Dinur. You will learn today that the bigotry, conspiracy theories, lies, rage, authoritarian, authoritarianism, white supremacism, corruption, and danger that define Trumpism started long before Trump. In a deeply researched and well-written prose, our guest today, David Korn, in his brand new book, American Psychosis, A Historical Investigation of How the Republican Party Went Crazy, he delves into the history of how, for over 70 years, the GOP has been nurturing, exploiting, and encouraging far-right extremism and manipulating right-wing fear and loathing fueled by paranoia, grievance, and tribalism. We will get to David in a couple minutes, but first I need to welcome Professor Karma Chavez, joining us from Austin, Texas, I believe. Yeah, that's where you are, Karma? Yeah, I'm here in Austin. It's great to be here. Yeah, and of course, a, a somewhat regular sub. It's, it's great to have you, Karma. Thank you for um, joining me today. Um, it is a pledge drive, and um, we need people to call or pledge online, yeah? Absolutely. So I know a lot of people get annoyed with pledge drives. I love, love pledge drive because it's you? an opportunity to support the people that we love on the air like you. You've been on the air for so long, and uh, you know our goal is always high with you because you are so beloved. And so we need 14 donors today over the course of the hour. I thought it was 15, but okay, we'll go for 14. Oh, maybe, well, let's go for 15. I think we should shoot higher. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so we need 15 of you to call and pledge to us. And, and how do they do that, Karma? Do you remember? Absolutely. So you can give us a call at 608-256-2001, extension 1. You can also go online to wortfm.org and you can make your pledge there. Uh, either way works. We're happy to take your money. Yes. And we have, of course, um, several uh, premia at the 45 level. You can get a 12-month subscription to the Progressive Magazine. That's a good one, isn't it, Carmen? Absolutely. Uh, I have off and on always gotten the Progressive. It's one of the prizes of Madison, I think. So $45 level is a pretty good deal there. Uh, and of course, we're going to be doing a raffle for uh, David Korn's book as well. Right. So I have um, a copy of the book. And um, one of you who will be calling during this hour is going to uh, win the book on top of whatever else you ask for. Um, so, yeah. 
Yeah, that's it. Six zero eight two five six two thousand one extension one, or get online at wortfm.org. Yeah, um, just quickly at the eighty level, eighty dollar level, you can get the. Oh, we should talk about that, Karma. <laughs> <laughs> this looks pretty good. The Wart Family Feud. Yeah, I still don't know exactly uh, what this is about, but basically, Mel Floyd and Mister Smarty Pants will um, be arrayed against yours truly, Tony Castaneda, and Bad Sister Heidi. Um, to do Family Feud, which Susan sent me a um, an episode. I haven't seen it yet. I have no idea what we're going to be doing. <laughs> do you know? Do you know what Family Feud? You know, is? I used to watch Family Feud uh, as a game show when I was a kid, uh, and so it's it's pretty mild, but it can get a little bit heated. And I think it would be fantastic seeing you all in a Family Feud. Yeah, I heard Chris say that um, for sure, Mel Floyd and Mister Smarty Pants will win because. They have the brain power or something like that. And wow. I took offense. Wow. Um, I should have told him, actually. Uh, no, absolutely, we are going to win. Absolutely. I mean, this is the, the dream team. And so I think uh, anybody out there absolutely has to see this uh, matchup uh, for the Wart Family Feud. And that's at the $80 level again, 608-256-2001, extension one. Get online at wortfm.org. And Rochelle said that listeners are actually going to submit those trivia questions in the style of the actual game show. So Okay, well, I still, I still need to watch it to know what we're talking about. But <laughs> for $80, you get a pair, or you can get just one of them for 45 bucks. And then at the 100 level, you get the Wart Retro Airline bag, which people really love. At the 120 level, it's the glow-in-the-dark Navy skull-wearing headphones hat. Um, which I understand we have a limited number, so if you want it, you better call. Absolutely, $100 level. Those are really cool, too, so I hope those go quickly at the $120 level. Yeah, and at the 150 level, we have the Wart Funky Hoodie. I want one of these. I cannot pledge that much, but um, they're beautiful. Did you see them? I, I saw the images of them. Yeah, they're fantastic. They're very stylish with the kind of uh, neat sticker-looking thing. I uh, like the, the purple, especially. It should, yeah. should anyone um, want to pledge 150 and they don't want something? Um, you know, I do. I, and I think <laughs> uh, not, the, the hoodie is sort of an afterthought to me. What's worth $150 is the fact that you are on the air every Friday giving listeners what they want to hear. And so I want everyone to just get on the phone this hour, show the love to SD. This is the way to do it. 608-256-2001, extension one, or get online at wortfm.org. Yes. And uh, David Korn is a veteran Washington journalist and political commentator. He is the Washington Bureau Chief for Mother Jones Magazine and an, an analyst for MSNBC. He's the author or co-author of three New York Times bestsellers, including the number one bestseller, Russian Roulette, Showdown, and Hubris. And he is the um, author of the novel Deep Background and um, the author of really the, the just released book, American Psychosis, A Historical Investigation of How the Republican Party Went Crazy. Thank you so much, David, for joining us today. We really appreciate it. Great to be with you. Thank you for having me. I, I, I got to say, you know, I started reading the book and just read the first background and I'm like, I... 
um, write notes and notes and notes and notes, and I have all these questions, and you know, I uh, figured I could I could fill a whole hour with just that, and I had to stop doing that and and start uh, thinking about the big issues. But I'm telling that uh, to people because. Um, Obviously, even if we had the full hour, we won't be able to get to everything. And since we are in a pledge drive, we'll get to less. I want people to know that this book is really, really well-researched, really, really well-written, and uh, it's got so much information. So let's start with uh, why did you title it American Psychosis? Well, the book is a history of the Republican Party's relationship with far-right fanaticism, and it goes back seven decades. The point is that Donald Trump is not an aberration. Um, He's nothing new. He is an intensification or an escalation, but that for 70-odd years, the Republican Party has been exploiting and encouraging right-wing extremism in order to win elections and raise money, get volunteers and, and all of that. And that a lot of this is based on the party feeding and fueling uh, detachment from reality, derangement. You can go, I sort of start with the McCarthy era in which um, Joe uh, McCarthy from your fine state in Wisconsin, Republican <laughs> Senator, you know, was so telling yeah, was telling people that there was a group of folks in the, running the government who wanted to destroy the United States uh, from within so it would fall to the Soviet Union. And this included cabinet officials. It included George C. Marshall, who was Secretary of Defense. Um, it wasn't that the policies were wrong or they were not being tough enough on the Soviets in Moscow. It's that they were purpose- purposefully and consciously working with the Soviets to demolish and annihilate America from within the subversive enemies. Millions of Americans believe this. This was not reality. This was a detachment from reality that was driven by fear from the Cold War, nuclear terror, paranoia, uh, all sorts of resentments and grievances. So it was a, you know, it, it, it was a derangement. And if you look at January 6th, and the so-called Stop the Steal movement, you have millions of Americans now who believe that the election was stolen from Trump, that Biden was not elected legitimately, that some conspiracy of the Chinese, Venezuelans, and Democrats, the media, the CIA, you know, 2,000 mules you know, who stole ballots, that somehow this all uh, gave the election to Biden without a single shred of evidence. There's no evidence. I mean, that's the thing. You can say this stuff, but there's no evidence. But people believe it anyway. And so psychosis is a disease, a mental disease, when you don't acknowledge and can't see reality. And so what I'm saying is that there's a political psychosis that has been part of American society for decades and that the Republicans, for all this time, have exploited and encouraged it. And that's so when Donald Trump is doing it, as he does every day, and particularly with his recent embrace of QAnon, and we can talk more about that, um, it, it, it is part of the Republican DNA. He's not doing something different. It's always been done. 
he's just taking it to a, a, a greater extreme. So that's what I'm doing. I'm trying to tell the story of this psychosis. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and and you have used the words, you have used the word deranged, and uh, the word crazy is in the um, title. And I was going to ask you why, but I think you kind of answered it already. Do you, is there anything more you want to say about no, why I, you I, use these I, words? I, I, I mean, I, I want to. Yeah, to me, the the book is, you know, the story of the dark side of the Republican Party its relationship with this encouragement of this psychosis that's always been there, that the party itself hasn't acknowledged, and that the media and historians have undercovered. And, you know, going back and looking at all this, you see a very clear pattern that the party has always been fueled by its reliance on this psychosis And we see it, you know, in, you know, we see it quite clearly these days um, with Trump's rally and the Republican Party supporting him as he embraces QAnon and continues to, you know, promote the big lie. Mm -hmm. And uh, we have already three pledgers and donors. Thank you so much. Who who pledged online karma? So we got to give a big shout out to Paul from Mount Horeb who donated online. Thank you so much for your donation, Paul. I hope you enjoy your gift. Yes, thank you very much. And I have um, just checking to make sure that I uh, don't say the names of people who don't want to be said, but I believe that's okay. We, Gil Halstead, also a volunteer here in the station. Thank you. Um, so much and a big hello to Karma, he says. Yay! Uh, oh, that's so nice to hear. Hey, <laughs> yeah, and uh, then we also have um, David Williams. Thank you, uh, so much, David, who likes uh, Public Affair, BBC, and Access Hour, which, of course, is such an interesting thing that we do, right? The Access Hour, where anyone from the community can do radio. Absolutely. I mean, Access Hour is one of the many things. Monday nights at seven o'clock, you can get an opportunity to have a whole hour of live radio to yourself. It's just, I think, one of the many services that WRT provides to the community. It is amazing. And I want to take the opportunity to thank our phone answerers, Karen, Kathleen, and Gary, and also the food that we're going to be getting from Hong Kong Cafe. Uh, please continue pledging 608-256-2001, extension 1, or on uh, a line at uh, wartfm.org. Just grab that donate button. And if you do it, we won't have to um, pledge, pledge wrap very much. We'll just get to shut up, or I'll get to shut up, rather, and they can just focus on you and David Korn in this fa fascinating conversation. Absolutely. So um, let's, you know, I, I mentioned that first background, which is basically the history of the Republican Party. Like I said, we could talk just about that for the entire hour. But if you can give us a, you know, three to five minute um, <laughs> um, summary, because I, f I, I found it fascinating. Well, okay. Yeah, I mean... You know, the book starts off with a, you know, brief chapter on the full history of the Republican Party, and then a brief chapter on the role of conspiracy theory and paranoia in, in, in American politics, going back to the Salem witch trials. And the book really then kicks in the narrative, picks up in the late 40s and early 50s. But the Republican Party has this wonderful origin story. It was formed in the 1850s when the 
the Whig Party fell apart because the Northern Whigs were anti-slavery and the Southern Whigs were generally, you know, pro-slavery or, or, or didn't want to do anything to stop it, believing it would divide the country. And so the, the, uh, the Whig Party fell apart and the Republicans came together primarily not to abolish slavery, but to prevent the spread of slavery to the Western states and territories. And there was a moral element to this. They didn't like slavery. There was also an interesting economic and political element. A lot of them believed that if slavery expanded to the Western territories and states, it would expand the power and influence of the slave industry, the slaveholders in the South, who already were very wealthy and very powerful. And if they were able to, to expand into the West, uh, they would only increase their wealth and power. And this would hurt the, you know, what we would now call the low-income, middle-income Americans who wanted to start their own businesses. By that, I mean farmers, people who wanted to move to the West and start their own farms. Now, we're talking, obviously, about white men, because that's the only people who were allowed to do these things in that day. But, you know, in terms of developing greater economic opportunity for low-income white men Americans, setting up farms was a big deal. But if you had to compete against slave plantations that had free labor, none of these small entrepreneurs, small farmers, family farmers, as we call them now, could compete and wouldn't survive. So the Republican Party wanted to provide greater economic opportunity, prevent slavery from spreading. And when Lincoln got elected in 1860, they continued on this by limiting and eventually you know, outlawing slavery, but also developing infrastructure, what we call infrastructure now, built harbors, they developed public colleges. It was all about expanding economic opportunity when a lot of people at that time didn't want the government to be involved in anything like this. So it was really a very progressive party with progressive values for the day. Um, and then quickly, in the years after that, it became more and more associated with Wall Street and the business class. Then Teddy Roosevelt in the early 1900s made it more progressive, then he ended up being kind of booted out or excommunicated by other Republicans. And the party fell into what we know it as today, a party that was very much uh, associated with the interests of the corporate class businesses and the, and the well-off. But for many years, it kind of seesawed back and forth, which is kind of interesting when you, if you look at it now. But really, come World War II, after the collapse of the economy and the Great Depression, and after the war, when at the beginning of the war, a lot of Republicans were isolationists and didn't want to enter, you know, uh, enter into World War II, um, the party was left being wrong on two of the two great issues, what to do about um, Nazism and, and, Japanese, and, and, the, and, and the Japanese, and also how to run the economy. And in Congress, I'll get to the. I'll wrap this up very quickly. And in Congress, they were decimated. They were down to I don't know ten or twelve senators. Very small number of House of, of members of the House Republicans were Republican. They needed something else. And what happened was in the late forties and early fifties, they found it. It was McCarthyism, and it was demonizing the Democrats for being in league with the evil Soviet Union, and that they were the subversive enemy within. And that was sort of the birth of the modern Republican Party. Yeah, which is so fascinating. But so, yeah, let's go to the history of conspiracy 
theories i also gotta say we haven't gotten another pledge yet so folks uh if you want me to continue asking david and him to answer please 608-256-2001 extension one wordfm.org donate go ahead david oh <laughs> uh, well i would just encourage people to donate uh, as as well i'm a big believer in independent public radio we have a great station where i live in tacoma park maryland so please 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 support places where I can I and other authors can have in-depth conversations about important books, articles, and other ideas. That's and right. So, so, Thank you so much. So to, so to pick up where I left off, you know, the Republican Party needed a basically a, a club to use against the Democrats because they were just lost on the key issues of the day. And when McCarthy we really started with Richard Nixon, uh, but when McCarthy became the leading red baiter, they saw that this was a way to win elections. And interestingly enough, Catholic voters at that point in time, up to that point in time, were primarily voting Democratic. Uh, Democrats were the party of you know the, the, of immigration, while Republicans in the past had been anti-immigrants and anti-Catholic with a lot of bigotry. Uh, with McCarthy, a lot of Catholics were attracted to his. Uh, anti-communism, even though it was driven by paranoia and excessive and, you know, full of lies and, 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 and terrible actions. And the Republicans saw McCarthy bringing in Catholic voters and winning elections and helping other Republicans win elections. And they said, this is a way forward for us. And in 52, uh, 1952, when Eisenhower was running for president as a Republican, and he was a moderate liberal Republican, barely a Republican, had re- announced he was a Republican shortly before running for president. Um, he was campaigning with Joe McCarthy, and he hated Joe McCarthy. He thought he was a scoundrel and a liar, and he wanted to give a speech in which there'd be a paragraph denouncing or disavowing McCarthy, and he had it written, a paragraph drafted, and when his campaign uh, strategist and the governor of the Republican governor of Wisconsin and others saw this. The speech was was to be given in in Wisconsin. They begged uh, Eisenhower to take it out. You know, they thought it, it might cause him to lose um, Wisconsin if he attacked McCarthy, and it would help and it would, and it would drive these Catholic voters away that had been drawn into the party by McCarthy. And Eisenhower said, "Okay, take it out." So here was a moment when he had a chance to sort of beat back this new Republican strategy based on fear, paranoia, and conspiracy theory. And Eisenhower, you know, did not show the courage to do that. In fact, he gave a speech that echoed McCarthyism when when he was in Wisconsin campaigning. So uh, the Republican Party made a very calculated decision early on that it would go all in with this theme of dehumanizing and demonizing the, the the other side, the Democrats, and where people were, Americans were fearful and paranoid and had, un, had unease, it would fan those flames in order to get them to vote Republican. Mm-hmm. And um, I have another pledge here, uh, our first um, Evergreen. Uh, we have a new Evergreen uh, donor, Summer, who likes a public affair, radio literature, and Melon Floyd. Thank you so much. Um, unfortunately, these um, 
evergreens don't count toward uh, what we're raising today. So we need a lot more, eh, Karma? We absolutely do. I think right now, I, I think we have three towards our goal of 15. And so that means we need 12 more people to get on the phone at 608-256-2001. Get online at wortfm.org because it's a time to support you. And I just wanted to say for a minute, I mean, in this conversation, I think everyone's enjoying it. But, you know, just over the course of the last month, you've done an amazing show about how do we reckon with the British Empire after the, the death of Queen Elizabeth. You did that fascinating show about uh, distrust and what drinking out of water bottles opposed to tap water <laughs> says about the way you trust your government uh, and your willingness to participate. Uh, you did a, a very important show about opposition to Line 5, of course, the Tar Sands Pipeline. And then you did the, a, another show that I just thought was so innovative about the concept of the ghost guns or these guns that are put together with, you know, these different parts. And that's just in the last month, the quality programming you brought to us. So people need to get on the phone, 608-256-2001, to show their love. Yeah, thank you, Karma. And um, Stefania Gill's wife called to say that she loves hearing your voice. So Aww, uh, <laughs> that's so sweet. Yeah, and and yeah, I, you know, I um not to promote myself or whatever, but um, I think we do do hear things that um, you absolutely will not hear in other places. And uh, I know that a lot of people enjoy it. It's like wherever I go, uh, people recognize my voice, of course, you know, with an accent, mm -hmm. and tell me how much they love um, hearing what I bring them. It's not so much me. It's, of course, the, the guests. But um, so... Um, now is the time to show your love because we love we love that you love us and we love you back but um, now is the time to um, put some uh, dollars on it absolutely I mean the, the fact of the matter is this is your station if you're listening it's your station and it's not for free uh, it costs a lot of money to put on this level of programming it costs a lot of money to keep the airways free so that as to can do the, the types of shows that she needs to do. So uh, support your radio station. It is for you. It takes your money to make it happen. So get on that phone, 608-256-2001, extension 1, to make it happen. Oh, wartfm.org and make it happen. So um, I don't want to be in a situation where we have to really stop and, and play rap for a long time and threaten you that we won't talk to David anymore unless we get so many more uh, pledges. So just pledge, please. Wartfm.org, 608-256-2001. I am going to get back to David, but I trust that we will get a bunch more. It's already 12.33, so we don't have a whole lot of time to get these other 12 um, pledges. Yeah? I think it's time. So I really want to get back to this conversation with David. So right. everybody, please make me shut up. Yeah. Get on the phone. Make it possible for us to hear David more than Karma and me. So, um, David, one thing that um, occurred to me is that um, throughout the years, there are these themes that keep recurring, right? Racism, anti-Semitism, anti-gay, which basically the, the fear and hatred of the other, who in this case is American, but not white, Christian, and straight. And um, it's so interesting to see it coming back with Trump, who... Um, 
supposedly wants to make America great again. What, what kind of a great country is that when so many people hate so many others? Well, that's a, that's a good question. And, and you know, my book is not as much a history of, of racism and hatred and bigotry. It sort of presupposes that this is here and important. It's a history of how the Republicans you know, keep exploiting it and using it Um, what, what of course without acknowledging that and how it has led to the point that we're at with Donald Trump and so you can go back I mean we, we talked about McCarthyism we can we can move forward a little bit and look at the 90s when Newt Ginrich was House Speaker and Rush Limbaugh was setting sort of the terms of the debate for the you know for the Republican Party and he was uh, arguing that saying that the Republicans had to fight against Democrats as if it was the Civil War and they were the Fiat Kong and he put out a list of words that Republicans should use when describing Democrats and it was uh, treasonist traitor radical anti-god anti-family words of that nature that again dehumanized and demonized the other side so you're not discussing policy debates and disagreements but You're basically saying the other side is here to destroy the country you love so you can't you, know, you can't vote for them but you can't even engage with them and we we had you know the two we had in the 2000s um, you, you saw George W Bush who wanted to be a compassionate conservative using the Christian coalition when he got into trouble during the primary fight and he went to Bob Jones University which is a racist institution. It doesn't allow interracial dating it doesn't allow interracial marriage it's also anti-catholic and it teaches that Catholicism is part of Satanism he goes down there in South Carolina because he needs to win that primary and he makes nice with them right um, you had Sarah Palin in 2008 say that Barack Obama was palling around with terrorists and wanted to impose a socialist tyranny and he she was taking advantage of the racist birther conspiracy movement that he had spread throughout the right and then we saw the explosion of the Tea Party after that and this was one of the clearest cases the Tea Party at, at its essence was saying that Barack Obama by then the president was a secret socialist Muslim born in Kenya who had a secret plan to destroy the economy so that he can impose a totalitarian dictatorship you know and they talked about he was setting up concentration camps and and, and death panels and And you can hear this every night on Fox with a guy named Glenn Beck, who was actually a leader of the Tea Party. And what happened was the Republicans, John Boehner, Sarah Palin, other prominent Republicans, went on his show and completely legitimized him and validated what he was saying. And, and Boehner basically welcomed the Tea Party into the Republican tent so that he could win elections and become speaker. Um, this was complete irrationality. And absurdity this was part of the American psychosis the title of my book and yet and and, he, and John Boehner knew this he knew that Barack Obama didn't have a secret plan to impose a totalitarian dictatorship but he went along with this and all these iterations keep radicalizing the Republican base again and again and again so that when Donald Trump runs for president he says well you know we've been feeding them red meat for decades now and No one feeds people red meat better than I do. So, you know, when Jeb Bush and Chris Christie are arguing about who has a better tax plan with capital gains rates, you know, 
Trump comes along and says, we've been telling you for 30 years that they're destroying America, that they want to kill America and they want to destroy Christianity and that, you know, and that they're all the other and that they're, you know, they're a foreign or subversive force. You know, you don't have to listen to these guys talking about tax policy. I'm here to tell you that I understand the fears. You're right to feel this way. You're right to feel this way about immigrants, about Muslims. And he goes on shows with conspiracy theorists like Alex Jones. And guess what? This is what the base wants because they've been fed this and, it's, and no one has ever told them no. So it's like creating a monster that the Republican Party can no longer can control. It subsumes the party. And, the, and, and what happens is the party leaders decide to go along with it. They're not going to fight it. Like Eisenhower in the early 50s, they accept this and they enable what is even more ex- extreme and excessive than I think McCarthyism was. Yeah. And um, you mentioned um, the Christian coalition that uh, was led, maybe still is? No, I think you tell me, by uh, Pat Robertson. But one of the things that um, were um, important to his um, rhetoric, besides um, everything that you mentioned, is also... um, the notion of a collectivist dictatorship on the entire planet to assist Lucifer. So we go into um, this um, crazy Christian religious notion. Um, talk about that, if you will. The- yeah, I mean, this is, I mean, this is the height of the absurdity here. Um, Pat Robertson led the Christian coalition, which he formed in the early 1990s. Uh, after he ran for president in GOP primary and, and lost. But so he wanted to get, you know, fundamentalist, far right Christian nationalists, you know, further into politics. And the Republican Party saw this as something to its advantage. These people would vote, you get them to the you know voting booth, they would vote for Republicans. Um, so they embraced the Christian coalition. At the same time he was doing this, Pat Robertson put out a book called The New World Order, which was nothing but a rehash of conspiracy theories from decades. He, the, the, the world was being ruled by a secret cabal of secret societies, communists, occultists, Jewish banking families, the Trilateral Commission, Henry Kissinger, and, you know, on and on and on. And it wasn't just I agree cabal. with Henry Kissinger, though. Yeah, it wasn't just you know this cabal. It was a satanic cabal. They were in league, literally, literally, with Lucifer to impose this one-world totalitarian collectivist state that Lucifer, that Satan, would rule. And he puts this out in a book. Um, it becomes a bestseller. It sells hundreds of thousands of copies. And in the book, he says one of the accomplices of this plot is George H.W. Bush, the president at the time. The the president is a accomplice of a satanic plot. What happens? The Christian Coalition has a has an annual conference. George H.W. Bush, president, goes and talks to them and praises Pat Robertson for his spiritual guidance to the nation. So he is authenticating, legitimizing, validating an anti-Semitic conspiracy theorist. Uh, even the Wall Street Journal said that the book was just full of, 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 of trash and, and, and nuttiness and lunacy. 
And so, but, you know, now the Republicans, you know, Bush doesn't believe any of this. Obviously, he doesn't believe he's the accomplice to a satanic plot. But he's out there empowering Pat Robertson and basically saying to the world, you should listen to this guy. His irrationality and his absurdity doesn't matter. You should pay attention to him. He is a force. He is welcomed within the Republican Party. So it's a great example of the party you know, making an alliance with uh, the most absurd extremism uh, that's out there and thinking that there's no negative impact to something like this. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you to um, Harry Richardson. Thank you, Harry, again. Uh, Public Affair, Evening News, and Labor Radio are the shows that he likes. And uh, thank you also to Paul from Spring Green. Hello, Paul. Thank you so much. Who likes SD, Melon Floyd, and Kiosk? Hey, Paul, I'm going to win against Melon Floyd. <laughs> <laughs> Karma, what do you have to say while I'm looking at our, na- our la- latest uh, pledge well, here? I was, I was just keeping track of the numbers, so that I think that puts us up to five for the hour, and we have 17 minutes left in the show. So Not I know good. that a lot of you are sitting out there, and you're listening, you're enjoying the, the conversation, and you're going to wait to the last minute. And I don't know why people do this. I really don't, Esty, because it always stresses me out when people wait to the last minute. I so. know. I hate it. And also, it means that you and I have to talk about things that are not nearly as interesting as um, what David can talk about. And, you know, if they don't pledge, we have to do it. So I, I, I don't get it. I know. So get on the phone, y'all. 608-256-2001, extension 1, or just get online if you don't want to talk to anyone, wortfm.org. Uh, it's really the time to do it. I mean, these are the kinds of conversations that we bring to you, and we bring them to you because we know it's what you want to hear. And so you should support your favorite host, support this amazing programming. We've got about 15, 16 minutes uh, left, and, you know, it, it, it is the time. Can um, I say something about yes. this? Yes. Uh, you know, I've been writing books for several decades now. And when I first started doing this, uh, and I came to talking about the book, promoting a book, being part of a, of, a, of a national conversation about it, there were literally lots of radio stations. I would sit on a phone uh, or go into a studio and do one radio show after another. 10 minutes, 15 minutes, sometimes up to an hour. And they, they, I would be scheduled by a publisher to do this. It was called a satellite tour. And it was very common for book authors to do these things. That doesn't happen anymore. There aren't enough radio show, radio stations that pay attention to books and ideas like the way you guys do. I mean, they, there are podcasts that are out there. I've done a lot of podcasts. But, you know, radio is a different thing. And... It you know it's kind of sad to me, in the same way that a lot of newspapers used to have book review sections, they don't have them anymore. The discussion of books has become very very limited on the airwaves, and not just you know obviously it affects me and promoting and talking about my book, but it affects everybody. So the fact that you guys are doing this, I can attest to those listeners who haven't yet donated that. This is a rare thing that people listening are quite fortunate that you're still paying attention to books and ideas uh, the way that a lot of stations used to do more in the past. 
So I, I salute you, and I, and I hope the audience sees the value in this and, and understands that, you know, you're doing something that doesn't happen a lot anymore these days, and that should be treasured. So I thank you. Well, and thank you. And, and you know, I absolutely agree with you. I know that if I travel, uh, you know, I mean, it is so rare to find a station that does what we do. And it is rare to find hour-long interviews with one person about their book or an article or, you know, the ideas that they're putting out to the world. And um, we do it. And, um, yeah, Rochelle um, reminded me of uh, the show that we did about Alex Jones, an hour about Alex Jones that um, I thought was also so um, informative and... um, Well, where else do you get it? Karma, uh, do yeah. you, where, where else do you get it? <laughs> I mean, you don't. I, that, that's, that's the thing that's so special about WRT. And I just want to jump in and say thank you to Heidi uh, for donating online. We appreciate you jumping in. Yes. Um, and Heidi really likes you. Uh, Heidi is uh, into this show on Fridays, also into to Labor Radio. And so thanks so much for your support, Heidi. Yes, and I also have thank you to Iris, um, who likes something I don't understand, and a public affair, and Musica Antigua, which again, um, that's another thing to speak about, is the diversity, the, the amazing diversity that we have here of not just uh, talk, but also music. Absolutely. And so it's the time. We got 13 minutes left here. We're looking for at least one new donor. Uh, we'd love to get somebody who is a regular monthly donor to go ahead and increase that, maybe two people here in the last 10, 12 minutes of the show. So if that's you, if you've been putting $5 a month to WRT, maybe it's time to get up to $7.50. Uh, any little bit helps. It makes a huge difference. And we would love to have that happen in this hour. So get on the phone, 608-256-2001, extension one, or get online, wortfm.org. Uh, we really want your support. And you know that you want to support your radio station. And uh, we just got um, a very nice um, support here. Thank you so much, uh, Deb and um, Jerry. Um, I'm, I'm trying to understand. Um, okay, it's a little hard for me to um, read um, what they like, but obviously they like this show, to, uh, as well as Melon Floyd. I can read that. And El Serpentine, um, the other things, I'm not sure. But again, you know, talk and music. Bravo to you. Bravo to us. Absolutely. I think it's, it is also telling that a lot of people like you and a lot of people like Mel and Floyd, because I think this is exactly why this family feud for WRT is going to be fantastic. So at the $80 level, y'all, you want to see that family feud between some of your favorite hosts. Uh, now's the time to do it. And who, who's the new one online there? karma oh good so um big thanks to aaron from canton for donating online aaron likes apa on fridays and labor radio as well thanks aaron 
Yeah, and I have a thank you to Hong Kong Cafe, who uh, is giving us our food today, which again, you know, this is really a community effort here, and we appreciate all the um, all the donations and the pledges that we get and the help that we get from um, area restaurants and the people who are answering the phones. How many callers have we had? So I was just trying to do the, the math on this. I think we're up to nine. All right. Uh, so we're getting point. very so close, getting close, but we have only 10 minutes left. So, yeah. um, folks, I'm going to trust you to call um, because I want to talk with David for the next t- t- 10 minutes, if possible. If we don't get a bunch of them, we won't take, talk for the whole 10 minutes, but um, we're going to try. So, um, David, one thing that is just so interesting and weird to me is how um, the people at the top say all kinds of things, do exactly the opposite, and their acolytes apparently don't uh, notice that. For example, Trump, in the 2020 elections, he... um, said about Biden that he is going to drive the country into far-left fascism. Of course, so Trump was working hard on is bringing fascism back to the United States, or, you know, in, in more power than it has been before. Also, one of the big um, um, panic buttons nowadays, besides critical race theory and the great replacement theory, is that notion of pedophilia. When Trump has been accused of raping an underage girl and he has boasted about grabbing pussies and so on, um, obviously he... um, he, he is not a man full of merit, and yet for some reason, um, how how come they don't see it? How come they don't understand it? Well, you know, it's it, it, you know, it's interesting. It kind of it kind of runs in both directions. So, you know, the book American Psychosis shows how the Republican Party exploited uh, extremism, bigotry, racism, hatred, conspiracy theory, things that. You know, a lot of the leaders, some do, but a lot of them don't believe, right? Uh, when Mitt Romney was running for president and he embraces birtherism with Donald by by accepting Donald Trump's endorsement, we we know Mitt doesn't really believe this stuff, right? He's just doing it for in a, in a cynical, calculating way to win votes in the Republican primary. Um, and it's always been accepted that uh, to a certain degree that this is what politicians do. But what we see also now with Trump is there is a certain type of cynical, crass calculation amongst voters towards Trump. So all these Christian nationalist voters who claim to be good Christians and follow the Ten Commandments and believe in family values, uh, they look at, you know, Trump, who, you know, has, you know, cheated on most of his wives and and who's a liar and a scoundrel who talked about committing sexual assault, um, you know, who is not a good family man. You never see pictures of him with his young son, right? He doesn't do anything with Baron, it seems. So he, you know, he, and he's, so he's, he does not live the way they want, you know, they say people should live. Yet they embrace him as a savior sometimes because he is giving them what they want. 
a ban on abortion or you know what you know a supreme court that opens the door to bans on, on abortion at the state level um he is attacking their enemies you know through critical race theory and you know they you know and 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 making it harder to teach or speak about uh being gay in public schools i mean he's doing all the things they want him to do so even though he is not the type of person they say they respect and believe in they are turning a blind eye to that um you know he you know he violates so much of what jesus would you know preached and they don't care because he's delivering bacon on their issues so this relationship we see between the the top of the republican party and extremism is now running in this both ways in terms of cynicism and transactionalism and a total lack of principle so they don't care i mean they see it but they don't care and because he is trolling the libs owning the libs and fighting hillary clinton and saying she should be locked up they see him literally as a savior figure um principles are totally out the window here yeah so we have so little time karma you have a new donor there don't you yeah i just wanted to give a big shout out to gene from mount horeb gene is a first time donor Yay. so very first time what we needed there just real quick she uh, loves a public affair on friday mud acres and melon floyd very cool and she says thank you for discussing your important topics especially books um people we have four minutes i am going to um ask david a concluding um question we really haven't gotten to much of what this book is about and again any of you who uh pledges during this hour or donate um will be in that drawing for the book for my copy which i'm parting with to um help us raise money um we need to hear from you right away 608-256-2001 extension one wordfm.org now 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 um give us um uh, we need how many more um pledges karma so I, th- i think we need four more pledges this four hour, more so. that's easy do yeah. it i'll uh i'll disturb the funny boys and um and we'll get it but so um, david i mean to me so so i hear what you said but i also think that uh it looks to me like a lot of the less cynical you know maybe more christian i don't know um are behaving like a cult right that never mind what reality shows and we can take the one meme that uh, they will take our firearms away which has never happened but um even though it hasn't happened it keeps being such an important meme in in um in that crowd um it's like the people who predict that the world did, will end on the 17th of january and when it doesn't you know whatever they still keep following the guy right so if they are um either scoundrels or um a cult what what does the future hold what can be done yeah. assuming that anything well, this, can i mean this this was one of the reasons i i i wrote the book american psychosis and that is that to understand the present moment You need to know how we got here. 
right? It didn't come out of nowhere. Trump didn't flip a switch and change everything. You know, the whole point is that, you know, the, the, the 70 years of, of Republican history brought us to this point. And if we're going to think about how to get out of here, we need to understand that. That's really crucial. And you can't just flip a switch and go back to uh, uh, your your father's GOP in some good old days because they really didn't exist. The point is that there was always this issue here. It was just hidden and not talked about much. And you can't just get rid of Trump and go back and, and, and think things will be better because, you know, you can have Trumpism without without Trump. So one reason I, I wrote the book was, OK, we have to understand this is a very, very, very deep rooted problem that has been part of American society for almost a century now. So if you have that perspective, what what do you do? And I think in some ways it may lead you to the, the conclusion that we need to find a way to isolate. You know, if it's a virus, if you American psychosis is one medical term, but if you look at it as a virus, you need to isolate you know the virus and you need to limit its ability to spread and so that really means i think mobilizing you know those americans who don't have the virus who don't believe this stuff who aren't prone to mm. uh, extremism paranoia and you can't you know you're not going to persuade the people who are who believe who believe trump who believe the election was stolen who believe that IRS irs agents are coming to take the guns away from you you can't convince these people but yeah. they are a minority. They are not a majority in this country. So that means that the rest of us who don't believe that, and that includes millions of people who don't pay a lot of attention to politics and don't get involved. But they need to be mobilized and seen that we have a big problem here with Americans who are not attached to reality. And those of us who are have to work together to find out how we can come up with workarounds and prevent them from gaining more influence over the rest of us. Yeah, you're realistic. I love that. I wish we had more time to discuss that. Um, David Korn is a veteran Washington journalist, political commentator. He's the Washington bureau chief for Mother Jones magazine, an analyst for MSNBC. We've been talking about his brand new book, American Psychosis, a historical investigation of how the Republican Party went crazy. Thank you so much, um, David, for joining us. Tell people again to pledge, please. Uh, everybody, please pledge. Also, buy the book. Um, and you can check me out at Twitter, David Corn DC. Or go to davidcorn.com to sign up for my newsletter. But make sure you pledge. We don't have enough platforms to discuss books like mine and others um, in radio land these days. Yeah, and work really is such a treasure. Who do you have, Karma, to thank? Just wanted to give a, a real quick uh, thank you to Marty for donating online. He loves your show. And thank you so much, uh, Karma, for joining us. Uh, really appreciate your support there. Always a pleasure to be here. Thank you so much for all that you do. Thank you. And thanks, of course, to Richelle and Summer. As usual, I'm Esti Dinur. I expect to get three or four more pledges. So please call right now, 608-256-2001, extension 1, or do it online. And like I said, I will disrupt the, the boys. I'm Esti Dinor. Thank you. We'll talk again next week. Bye-bye.